You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sid Talk is wearing the uniform of, of the movie this week. Explain. Explain, explain. I have a shirt that has Kermit the Frog. You are dressed for the Therefore occasion. Therefore, I am wearing it. <laughs> it is the most unflattering shape of shirt I've ever owned, I believe. But uh, you insisted, and therefore I am wearing it. No, I, I didn't insist. I saw you taking you it out insisted. of the You insisted. I said, I don't think I'm going to, because it's very unflattering. You said, no, you got to. It does have a hole in it. Yeah, yeah. That I don't care about. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, this, <laughs> this is... Uh, what was our pre-show discussion? What we before were just talking? the after-the-show discussion... Pre-show discussion. No, before the after-the-show discussion was how if someone's, like, super famous and you think, oh, they'll never not be famous again, or they'll never not be famous, well, it's not true. Beatles, give it four or five more generations, and they will just then be a memory of music history. Some people will keep discovering them, but they'll never be the same. Let's go further back then. Buddy Holly. Same exact thing. There aren't people, there are individuals and small groups of people who are still discovering that, and but they'll never, it'll never be the same. So how long do you think it takes to fade from everybody's memory completely and never be, if you're the Beatles? If you're talking 20th years? century, I don't know. Because we really don't have any other that I know of. There's no other, this modern history where we're all aware of everything all the time now. You know what I mean? Like, you can go online and just find anybody at any time. That's that's going to have to just see the test of Like, time, I just I looked up the one-hit wonder band, The mm. New Radicals, uh, mm. who sang a song that you're all probably familiar with, uh, You Get What You Give. So I just looked them up and found out their entire... I knew nothing about them, but within a second, know right. everything about and them. and then you might go and find them, but... Well, not that they're mega-famous, but I'm just saying, like... You know, nothing is ever the same as when it is, when it's in the moment, so... So there you go. So, it's Saturday, April the 21st. This is after the show. What's after the show, Sid Talk? April the 21st sounds really... Some... This, it means something. Maybe a bill is due. <laughs> How exciting is that? Uh, what is after the show? It's an after the show discussion of a movie we've just watched, which we used to always do... Funny enough, we just talked to ourselves, talked to each other. We didn't share it with the world like crazy So people. you missed a lot of good content. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, at some point, uh, 219 shows ago, you decided we'll make a podcast and start uh, sharing it with the entire world. There's not a human on this planet who couldn't have access to the show. Now, imagine it. The entire world do listen. <laughs> right. It's, awesome. Uh, it's expensive. The and it's non-profit, and we don't <laughs> do it for money, and we don't have any advertising, and so therefore we are very generous people. Because the world deserves to know what we think about these movies and everything else. So it's Saturday, April the 21st, 2012. This is after the show number 220. The movie we're looking at this week is The Muppets. It's the Blu-ray release, the Waka Waka Value Pack, which uh, features the Blu-ray, the DVD. The digital copy and the soundtrack to the movie, which is very important uh, to own. If you, um, after this review, you will want this version, I think. So, uh, it's from our friends at Disney. It was released on the 20th of March. We were a little bit late with this one, but better late than never, they say. Late it's according to whom? 
Well, it's been released a, a month ago. I only just got it. Disney ran out of them, so that, that's that's why we're a little bit late. So, it's a G-rated movie. It's from Disney. It's not got a tagline, apparently. And you're going to give us the synopsis of this movie. It's the Muppets. They're no longer famous. No one likes them, they don't think. Someone wants to destroy the old Muppet Theater, and they have to do something to get it back. Dun-da-da. It's a, it's a really brand new theme that we've never heard of before. And if you don't know what the Muppets are... I don't need to tell anybody no. what the Muppets are. You, you don't need to listen. I'm even going to assume if you don't know what they are, then again, you have the internet. So, moving on to the uh, the movie itself. Um, I saw the trailer last year. You probably did. Yeah. Um, I'm a... Of, I think most people of our generation... Were Muppet fans in some way or another. What's our generation? I was born in '67. I'm, I'm you were 42. born in '42. Well, you're born in '69. I'm born in '67. Muppets were mid to late '70s, early '80s. So that hits our childhood exactly. Exactly. It is literally our generation's childhood. Six thirty on a Sunday evening. Correct. Uh, and I lived. I live in Britain, and you lived in America, <laughs> and it was literally the same, probably the same experience. Yep. I sat in front of the TV. The Muppet Show started. I watched the Muppet Show with. You know. Aww, I'd like to think we were watching together, but in reality it was six hours apart, so we and also, we really also in reality together. we got our shows a lot later than you, so we were probably watching season one when you were watching season three <laughs> right. or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I was always there on a Sunday Me night too. to watch the Muppets, and I think a lot of people of our generation were. This movie, I thought, was great. It was like a love letter to the <laughs> to the Muppets. I mean. I've seen some interviews with Jason Segal, who's also the star of this movie. And wrote it. Yeah, and he is also, it's our age, and he's a Muppet fanatic. And he wanted the Muppets to be back in the limelight, which is exactly what this movie's about. So it's presented in such a way, I, I loved it, I loved, they present it in a way where it's not snarky like the rest of today's stuff. What do you mean? Explain. Um, you just lumped every lot, other movie and TV show together. No, I don't. <laughs> a lot of today's culture and pop culture is, and comedy in general is all, blame it on the Brits probably, is snarky and sarcastic and kind of hateful. In fact, they poke fun of a bit of a hate, hateful punch the teacher in this movie. Um, YouTube videos, jackass... That kind of thing, right? Yeah, but the Muppets are constantly smacking and hitting each other. Y- yes. Which but I find really, you know... There I- is a bit of that, but... Yeah. Um, the way this movie's presented, as in the characters, it's... By, it, I felt like a kid again watching it, which is... And I'm a 42-year-old man who has no kids watching a Muppet movie. <laughs> it does have some relevance to me, because I grew... I know all the characters. But the way they presented it, I thought was great, because it, it doesn't take itself too seriously but then it does in parts because it's tr- it, it's key message is let's not lose things like this to all the modern day things you know it might be a little bit outdated but that's what it is it's not it doesn't need changing with the times it, it just needs it's the Muppets they come on the stage and they do silly things and we all laugh right, right? that's what it is you don't need to always change things for the yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Appre- I don't think I loved it as much as you. 
I love the sentiment in the beginning when he's walking down the hall and all the pictures and he's, you know, remembering. And that really got, like, oh, my God. They were, it was so exciting, you know. It's actually quite touching in parts. And you just think, sitting in front of the TV, 10 inches away, this little tiny, probably 19-inch TV back in the day, sitting right in front of it where I couldn't give a shit if anyone else in my whole family could see around my head. Probably they weren't even watching because they were all so much older than me. But what I did, I just wish that the catalyst for why the theater was going to get, you know, was... Something else. It was really lame to me. Like, that could, that really bothered me. Because I thought, it's just lame. Like, there's nothing to that. Yes, it's big corporate this against these... But they're not the little guys. They're the Muppets, right? But I just wanted that to be... It, it felt like, oh, that's it? Like, they need something bigger to fight against. and Which might be fun. the next Muppets movie. You know? Um, it, this was well, kind they've of- got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to fight. Well, what I really liked is how um, it was like it's a musical kind of movie. Like the Muppets always had musical numbers. There's musical numbers in here. People burst out into song. I really loved that. Yeah. Um, and I'll make I'll mention here that the music is by Brett McKenzie, who is the guy who starred in Flight of the Concords, which is a HBO show. If if you don't know it, go and see it. It's on DVD and Blu-ray now. Um, and it's his very specific song that he writes, and he's he's applied that song to the Muppets in this case. What do you mean, a very specific song that he um, writes? A very specific tone of song. That it's, it's it's kind of sarcastic, but kind of naive at the same time. Right. And all the songs in Flight of the Concords were also like that. So if you're a fan of Flight of the Concords. I thought there's some songs in this movie which you could subtract from this movie, take out the Muppets references, and they would be in Flight of the Conquest. It's just the same. They felt felt the same to me when Jason Segal's singing in the rain. Yes. That was literally a Flight of the Concords moment. I mean, they had a a scene where they were singing in the rain, in in that one where they were singing. Um, So I liked the way the songs were, and I often don't like where Mm, people burst into songs. But when they did in this, I was like, it was just right, like it, it. It's saccharine and sweet, and but also it's got like a funny edge to it because, because of the song. Two lines later, they go, they explain something. Oh well, I did just sing a song about yeah. it, so it's very. Oh yeah, the aware. movie's com- yeah. the movie's completely aware of itself the entire time, right? Like people, they say, "Let's do the rest of this with a montage." Or, yeah, you yeah. Know, there's really funny. I like that. Yeah, I did too. And I, I mean, it got a little bit old and a little bit indulgent with the like aren't we funny and clever with the references to ourselves being a movie so I don't think they did a ton to, of it no I think they did you just maybe you liked it more than me I liked it I appreciated it but it got a little bit you know see why I liked it is from the trailer and the trailer kind of does it a disservice because it makes it seem like they're just gonna make fun of the Muppets and be because it shows you them where they throw him at the mm-hmm. electric fence which is just a small moment in the movie. But it's kind of a mean kind of... It Very seems mean. mean. Yeah, and they show that, and they show a couple of, like, slapsticky moments with Fuzzy Bear and stuff. And I thought, oh, it's just going to be, like, this vaudevillian, people falling down, knocking the head on things, that kind of thing. But it's really got more of a heart than mm-hmm. that. It, and, and what it's trying to say is that meany stuff 
because they do, like I say, mention that punch the teacher, like something on YouTube that you might watch that you think's really funny, but it's some jerk being hateful or whatever. It's it's like that stuff exists, but we are not that. See, I don't get that message at all. That's really funny. See, I do. I, I, it's like going back to a simple. Are you are you applying that? Because I understand the scene where she's shown him the other show and why they're not relevant anymore. But as a whole, I didn't. But I liked the get scene of message. like I liked the thing of yes, you're not relevant anymore. But the Muppets don't go okay. Let's be relevant, and the rest of the movie them trying to be this modern day Muppet thing, trying to reinvent them. They completely didn't do that, and that's what I expected to happen. I, yeah. I expected to see the Muppets in Carrying jackass cell phones things and, yeah. and cell phones and and all that. You know, it's very easy that stuff, isn't it, to put something old in a new situation and make it, you know, silly jokes about stuff. They didn't do that at all. They just stuck to the Muppet Show. Let's put on the Muppet Show, which the last thirty minutes of the movie is literally a new episode of the Muppet Show, right, with a guest star. Yeah. It's, it's abbreviated because it's within a movie, but you get a Muppet Show, and that's what that I was, you were waiting for the whole time. <laughs> I got a. a I felt like I was ten years old when. Aww, I mean, so we've never seen the Muppet Show in high def. The opening, in a new, you know, like bright and colourful and big, and from different angles and stuff. Yeah, because it's, it's yeah. obviously modernised. They they do the opening in a traditional style of the Muppets from the old days, but it's never been seen this way because this is done now in two thousand and eleven. You feel pretty a, sentimental when it's happening. The whole movie's sentimental. I, I know you could sit a three-year-old down in front of this movie and they'd also have a whale sure. of a time. Because it's that kind of movie. It's not going to offend anybody. But if you have a connection, and I I think there's a lot of you out there who think you don't have a connection, but when you sit and watch this, you probably do. Because you probably did sit there when you were a kid, and it'll start to flood back. And it all flooded back for me. The carpet I was sat on, everything. Aww. And I'd forgotten a lot of the characters, like the eagle guy... The newsreader guy, right? And then you had like the Emily Bronte and the 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 dude, the couple who are from every whenever they did like a classic yeah, uh, lit from literature thing. There was the guy with the old like Victorian suit and the lady with the bonnet and stuff. And they're you know had that snotty look about yeah. them. I'd forgotten about them and the the other newsreader guy, the sports commentator guy. I'd forgotten about the scientist. I knew I remembered Beaker, but I forgot the scientist how he his mannerisms and stuff in the real hands of the Swedish chef. All of it. Like you just start That's going, what I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the hippie chick who's in the band, I always loved her. You'd ask me who my favorite was. And I couldn't really think of any. And then as those characters start coming on, I always loved when the eagle guy was reading the news and he'd get it wrong or he thought everybody was stupid or he would be like, Why are we reading this news? You know, and I just remember loving him. I never liked Miss Piggy, ever. Me neither, actually. I I was the fat girl and I didn't appreciate any of the fat fat jokes. I didn't appreciate that she was so terrible because they're really violent. And no, I don't. I never liked that. I never liked it when she smacked anybody. Never liked any of that stuff. Occasionally blowing things up, I didn't mind. But I didn't like the, the punching, the smacking, that kind of stuff. I just never did. See, I one of my favorite things from the old Muppets was the, uh, is he yeah Gonzo where he was on Gonzo, his yeah. when he did his motorbike motorcycle stunts because yeah because he I was, was obsessed, doing it to himself. I was obsessed with like Evil Knievel and stuff <laughs> when I was a kid. So when he came on and he was going to do a motorcycle stunt, and it was always going to go horribly it, wrong. Do you reckon he's in love with the chicken? It seems like the chicken it's and Gonzo are always... Because what is weird. Gonzo? I don't even know. Is he like a 
like a fox, not a fox, but like something that would like a weasel normally invade a chicken house. And yet there's always a chicken with him and he's always got, he's sleeping in the house <laughs> with the chickens. And I remember now there was always a chicken with him. Yep. Does he have a little thing for the chicken? I have chicken? no idea. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if the, uh, <laughs> I don't know if the law runs that deep. The what? The Muppet law, you know, I don't think. I don't well, think you they, get the Kermit, you know, yeah, they've got. Which is also You get the Emily Bronte chick and the dude and, you yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah, it brought back every memory of watching the Muppets. I think they did a great job of. It's it's not like making the Muppets relevant again because they were not irrelevant. They always exist. You could watch them on DVD, the show and stuff. I mean, but it's not the same. It's outdated slightly, obviously. I would want a new version, updated, with all modern references, just like any other show, but with that, like. Yeah. The comedy of it was always a little bit irreverent. If you remember, really, when I watched the DVDs of the first season, what, there's always little jokes in there that were sort of like, um, you know, stand up for the little guy and always, like, do the right thing. And But there's always a little bit of, like, rebelliousness. And oh, yeah. a lot of the jokes were kind of, like, a little bit snotty because it was like hippy-dippy Jim Henson people making the show and making the puppets, writing the show. So you got a little bit of social commentary, a little bit of politics thrown in there occasionally. And if I... You know, as we're watching this, they had a little bit of that, the same vibe, which I love, but bring it to new, you know, make like do a, a Muppet of President Obama and every other president we've had and do skits with, I just think I would watch it, make it an hour long <laughs> every week <clears throat> on a Sunday night and I will watch that show. I will do whatever I got. Maybe Netflix could do it or something, you know? Well, this movie was wildly popular and they're, yeah, they yeah. are making a sequel. Um, oh, but I want the show <clears throat> yeah. every week. I I agree. I think Disney, who own this property, um, could make a show. Absolutely, of it. cut out the humans though. Keep the host. You've got your one. I mean, have a human host, host obviously. Like, yeah, like one a human host yeah. a week. But then every other bit of the show, because the humans are my least favorite part of the movie. So I want to be back in the studio. I want to be behind the stage. I want to be them going crazy because somebody's not here for the act and they can't find the explosives and they can't get the. The set is, they'll say like, you know, something, I remember there was one where something was broken for them on the set for Pigs in Space, and they had to like bring in a big cardboard box or something, I can't remember what it was, but like, and they were all really annoyed because it looked really cheap, and and then they kind of worked around it. I want all that, but I was, all Muppets. I was a little bit disappointed that there was no Pigs in Space skit yeah, on here. Yeah, that was but one of my favorites. If you Except look, for her. there was a, uh, in the surround soundtrack, in the, uh, yeah, when he's going, you heard it say, so, yeah. but that was it, like, and I was like, oh no, please do a Pigs in Space skit, because <laughs> it was always funny. It always went wrong. It was always pretty funny. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it. I think they did a really good job of it, and I think, moving on to the cast, Jason uh, Siegel, I think his name actually is, Jason Siegel, plays Gary. I think he was fantastic in it. He oh, played God. this... I think the opposite. He was really annoying to me. No, I loved it. I loved his... <laughs> I loved how he put on a... Like an innocent thing about him, because we've seen him in adult comedies, yeah. right? So he's, he's not... We're used to him in adult comedies, and in this, it's... It's kid jokes, essentially, what he's delivering and singing. and He sang well, he danced well, I thought. I just didn't like him at all. I tried. I under, I get it. It's the innocence and sweetness. Which I, I like Amy was... Adams. 
And she puts on an... Yeah. Uh, they both do. They're like candy-covered... It's a little too much, though. I just See, really I didn't like, like them this. delivering... I just didn't like him. I don't know if I like him overall. I do. So that was a problem for me. Um, and Amy Adams, as we just said, plays Mary. It is like a candy-coated couple. Like the like a... Even though there are some uh, chinks in this... Uh, yeah. It really doesn't matter the human story in this so much as the story between Walter, yeah, who is um, <laughs> Jason Segal, who plays Gary, is his brother, who happens to be a Muppet. Which, which I have I, no explanation but for. But I loved. In fact, one moment in the entire movie that I loved was it's showing you them growing up at the beginning. And there's no explanation to this. Uh, Walter's a Muppet. Gary's a human. It's his brother. He accepts him. Mm-hmm. They both accept each other. They love each other. And the moment where they sit down to watch the TV, it's 6.30 at night on a Sunday night, they turn yeah. the TV on, and the Muppet Show comes on, and Walter gets up and goes up to the screen. Because he's like, he, they're like me, you know, like kind of thing. Because he's never met... He, Muppets, he, he doesn't know why he's like he is, so he feels out. But there's no explanation of that. It's not explored at all. No, it's not explored, but it's a lovely moment. He puts his hands on the screen, yeah. and it's... Like... The, there's my family, they're all there. Like, I just need to... Get to get them. to them. Yeah. So yeah, that I love nice that. And I thought that was a good way of absolutely it, instead of having some random these humans have to go mix with um, you know build the Muppet Theater up again or whatever. And then he becomes like a fanatic, like a fan. Yeah, and he has like the watch and the shirt, and he has stuff of the Muppets all. I over love the that. Show. And and it's very quick, and it's literally the first like two minutes of the movie. They get to the point really quick, but um. I really liked it. I liked the old film look that they gave it where they were growing up and they were playing with each other and stuff. Yeah, and it's not explained, but it doesn't need to be. <laughs> no. I mean, there's a green frog if who you, talks. If you don't let go of your cynical <laughs> mind, and I tried with the with the Jason guy to just get over the, the constant <sighs> blubbery thing, and I just couldn't. I mean, I get it. I totally understand. I really liked it. I just found it really I, sweet. I didn't at all. I found it forced and uncomfortable sometimes. And whenever he's in a scene with the puppet, often, when he's close up, and I don't know how they did it, but no one else did this, he wasn't looking at the Muppet all. He's pretty tall. I don't care. He still was... He was looking at them as if he I was acting... I'm just saying he's pretty tall, maybe. No, I'm not talking about that. Every single time when he was sitting down And there's no CD down, in this or, movie. That's what I'm saying. To... He looked as if they'd given him an eye line that he wasn't hitting, and then here... But the Muppets were real. And it just really annoyed me. I just kept thinking, like, look at... <laughs> I don't know. So I think I had a hard time with him. But I overlooked it in most of the time, and... I'm... Chris Cooper plays the bad guy in this role. Um, personally, I didn't like him. Me either. Um, I didn't think it needed like a overly um, like oh a bad guy who sits on high laughing and stuff. No. I, didn't, I didn't think it need that because that's really cliched, and it it wasn't necessary at the end of the day. I no. mean, and the and the bad guy should have been a muppet. Well, personally, they they put him in there for some peril, right? So there's yeah. going to be some peril of some kind. To me, the peril was. We uh, people uh, the peril to me should have been forget the Chris Cooper character, um, the time frame of putting on the show, trying to get the show done, and whether people will be into it. Like, Correct. That's the peril. That um, not this, you know. Oh my God, it's going to get tore down because of this no. money thing. But that the very last, like 
well, this studio is now going to be closed. And then, like, the very, you see, like, the very last Muppet toys being taken off the shelf because they're not yeah. selling. And the very last keychains being put in boxes. And the scene, like, a family buying DVDs and just all ignoring. Uh, and then the DVDs coming off the shelf as if being forgotten is the worst thing. And if we don't get people to see you again and feel the joy and the love and the the entertainment of you, then you're just going to fade away. That would have been so much more dramatic to me than the... I just didn't like him at all. And that what you just said, that sums up this whole... That's what this whole movie did for me. It, I oh, don't okay. think about the Muppets on a day-to-day basis. How much like joy I've a, had from them. I would like to have a poster now. Yeah, you know how much joy you actually have got from them over the years. And how much joy I had today watching them again. You don't think about it, and that's how you forget something. That's true. So, so if, thank you, Jason Segel. Yeah, if that, yeah, and he <laughs> is, he's the ultimate fan. I was reading a interview with him this week, and he says he doesn't want to be in the Muppet Two movie. He feels he did his job. He brought the Muppets back. People didn't not love the Muppets. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have the Muppets, and he got the Muppets done again. Well, they've made movies <clears throat> over the years. They have, but it's real so. sparse and. It's never a... Th- but it's not like they disappeared. No, but it's never a... I mean, it's a long time ago, the last movie. Well, was that? That was like in 2001 or something. Which one? I don't know. I just thought it was like right after the 2000s. Which is still... I mean, that's still 10, 10 years. years yeah, I mean, it's still... It can fade out of consciousness within two years if you don't see them all the time. Or at all. I mean, where do you see the Muppets? Only if you go to Disneyland or... No, you see them on uh, Sesame Street. Yes. There's still Muppets on there. Kermit. And that's on every day still. I don't know. That's the thing, isn't it? Is it? Is it or isn't it? Or has it been replaced with something else? Did people not... Good question. I should look it up online. If I had a child and I was bringing up a little kid, I would have DVDs of Sesame Street and show them, even if it wasn't. Absolutely. On, because that's <laughs> yeah. what I learned from, you know? I learned account with the count and stuff like that, you know? So, Today's um, show is sponsored by the letter T. Yeah. And the number seven. It's really cool. <laughs> so, um, other people... There's lots of people in this movie, mostly Muppets, and that... It's supposed to. It's a Muppet movie, so the Muppets are the stars Absolutely. of the movie, not the humans. But there are one more human, Rashida Jones, played Veronica Martin. I like Rashida Jones. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't particularly like the character of the. Uh, the I kind of liked that she didn't give a shit about them, and that it wouldn't have mattered who they were. Yeah, she didn't care. So I kind of liked. She's the way a TV she, executive. Yeah, and um, she treated them without being precious, precious, and without being sweet, and without is just real neutral. You know, I like I like her, so I kind of like. And there are other cameo appearances which we will yeah. not spoil because there are some funny surprise ones that in down mm-hmm. the line. There's especially funny one at the beginning when I said to you, "Oh, that's such and such," and you went, "Yeah, I know." Oh yeah, I like that because yeah. it was like what what? I think that <laughs> one was the best one. The other ones I felt. I felt like anybody who wanted to jump on the bandwagon to be in the Muppet movie, and it seemed a little uh, sickly Hollywoody to me. Yeah, well, sickly Hollywoody to me feels like I don't even know who some Selena Gomez is. Yeah. I am that out of touch with young people. Wizard um, of Waverly Place. I think. Yeah, well, to me, uh, she could be any kid. And when she's like, oh, I love the Muppets and things like that, I'm like, you were only just born. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, not even. <clears throat> she was born in the 90s, I no, think. No, you were only just born yesterday. Oh, I mean, right. That's what you look <laughs> Right. I know nothing about your... Uh, you know nothing about the Muppets. I mean, maybe you do because you work... But you your, don't. It's no, not you the don't. same. you do not. It's not the same. So don't say you're the Muppets' biggest fan because you're not. There's many more of, of us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Muppets are played by the Muppets. 
and they are awesome, and I'm glad they didn't resort to CGI and things like that. They're puppets. Yeah. People have their hands inside them. <laughs> oh, sorry. They're actually real, aren't they? Yes, they are. I don't want to spoil the illusion. So this is directed by... Did you think they were real when you were a kid? I didn't really think about it. They were just there, and I watched them. The big ones that were walking around, that were mm-hmm. now obviously people in suits, those amazed me, because I was just like, Wow. Nobody else has legs, right. and they're just like huge. <clears throat> they're like huge. They're like person size, but bigger than people even. Yeah, like and there was had, some in if this. If you had too. a human dancing, they were always like three feet taller or really big and lumbering. And kind of like Big Bird like, wow. or Snufflepagus yeah, in, yeah. in the. Yeah, they were always. I always liked them the best too because I didn't. Amazing. I guess if I did think any were real, it was those, like Big Bird and stuff, because I didn't get the. <laughs> I mean, you're a kid, aren't you? Yeah. You're just presented with something, and to you, that's that's that, right? That's and the there's a human there talking to them and interacting mm-hmm. with them as if they're real. So why would you doubt that? <laughs> yeah. Only when you become old and cynical. What year did it start? Was it 76? I remember. I don't know. So this is directed by James Bobin, or Bobbin, who also directed The Flight of the Concords. What a surprise. the Ali G Show. <laughs> so, um... Interestingly enough, The Flight of the Concords and The Ali G Show pretty much sum up my taste in comedy, right? <laughs> I mean, I adore both of those. Yes. <laughs> so, and what I really like is the director of those, are, you know, irreverent, both of them, shows, directs this, but doesn't make it so much like that. It's kind of, you rolling your eyes going, oh, okay. Yeah. He, it's the Muppets at heart. With British? It. He's British, yeah. I believe. Did we? I heard him talk on the extra Sonic Bridge. But um, yeah, I liked the job he did. I think there was a lot of logistics to do in a, in a oh god, movie. yeah. I think to keep puppeteers out of the frame must be a nightmare for that thing. You know, you've got awkward. <laughs> there's some really awkward shots in this movie. When Miss Piggy walks away from the camera, it always looks really weird. Like she's not supposed to have a legs. Yeah, none of them do. No, none of them look so like they, they should be real. So they're really weird, aren't they? And and the delete in the um. Gag reel where he's saying, go and walk away. And he knows damn well that, like, it must be an effort to get one to walk away. (laughs) (laughs) So he's just stood there like the Muppet, you know. Um, So, yeah, there are some odd... But, you know, we're talking about puppets with people... (laughs) with Well, sometimes several people with their hands inside something. Sure. Um, So, Blu-ray extras here. Um, This is the Waka Waka value pack, as I said earlier. I like that they um, dressed it up. I think you just like saying that, because you've said it many times. Not just on here, but before. Says it right there. Waka 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 Waka. I like that they uh, dressed it up in green. It's a green uh, Blu-ray. So, what you do get is it's three discs. It's a Blu-ray, the DVD, and the digital copy. You also get, scratching the surface, a nasty... Examination of the making of the Muppets. This is like a 15-minute making of. Presented by this British guy who's like a scientist, and he explains everything with graphs and stuff. It's kind of got this humorous touch to it. Um, it's interviews with everybody. Uh, it's, re- it's really fun, but I think it's made it for kids. We forgot to mention, because I have to mention, there's one point that really pointed out to me, not just the people doing the acting, but the puppeteering and the emotion that's articulated. Because at one point... When they're when the guy's given the tour of the Muppet Studios and it's real blue, you know, and then the M- Muppet Walter 
He's, the guy says something, and then says something else, and his face kind of scrunches up and down and up and down again. He looks and looks, and you just, um, you understand yeah. completely. And then Kermit has a lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of articulation, and you, one little, I know he's thought myself. one little squish of the back of his jaw, or the pointy up of the middle of his face, and it is, like the mo, it's kind of like the way I see lines in a drawing. Like I do a lot of line drawings, and there's an amazing thing that can happen. You make one simple line and one little patoon, and all of a sudden you go, "Oh yeah, that's a face," with the most minimal amount, but you recognize it. And as humans, we see emotion. So uh, these puppeteers, it's amazing that the tiniest, even just tilt the head ever so slightly, and you're like, "Oh, quizzical," or. Oh, sad. And think or, how oh, more, they have to think. Absolutely. Const- and they have to be watching themselves like they're looking at a monitor where they're seeing, you know, their own, what they're doing. And I just thought, we forgot to mention that the ones who could articulate, some of the Muppets are kind of just pretty solid, like the bear guy. And they don't have a lot of movement of their th- eyes or anything. Well, even Walter's eyes don't move. Kermit's no. at all. But just that little squishiness of the felt on the side or a little bump of you can see a finger kind of pushing up the eyebrow or whatever. And I just think that is an art. I don't want it to get lost. Yeah, and I also love the fact that they didn't redesign all the Muppets. No, no, they're, they're just real the, old-fashioned. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, could, obviously they're new puppets. You could reach out and feel them and you'd be like, that's felt and he's yeah. got the plain eyeballs. There's not any extra um, anything to them at all. No. I love that. And Which Walter's is- just real basic. There's nothing fancy about it. That's what it is about all of them, isn't it? When you watch Sesame Street, and they, they're just personalities, aren't they, really? And exactly. They're, they're not stereotypical. Too but they're, there's a stereotype to each person. They're colourful kind of. always, because yeah. that appeals to kids, right? And when, you, when you're young and you're growing up, colourful things, that's where you have colourful building blocks and stuff. So, yeah. It, yeah, it's simple, but it's. You're right. I was watching Kermit the Frog's Head. It's distilled to the finest yeah, little thing. It really is, and whoever puppeteers it, I'm think I was thinking that takes a lot of because he's not got like a button that says "make it happy, make no, it sad." No, exactly. He's, not that we know of. <laughs> no, he's moving fingers yeah. to make that happen. Because um, that's the art of puppeteering. Exactly. You're right. It's not about pressing buttons. So um, yeah, it's a making of. It's kind of cool. Uh, there's deleted scenes, and there's a lot of uh, cameos cut out of this movie. In fact, mm-hmm. there's a whole subplot cut out of this movie. <laughs> It's Which not very is good. It's not a very good subplot. Yeah, exactly. But you'll you will be surprised some of the cameos that show up that completely are not in the movie at all. It's a very superficial thing, though. I'm glad it, it really got is, cut out. and I do because I think it's like I said to you, the snarkiness that they were trying not to do. I think that some of those uh, cutscenes were that, and it just got more. In fact, unfortunately, after seeing that whole entire scene, it made me like the movie a tiny bit less, just because. It was, look at us, we're making a Muppet movie and everybody loves the Muppets and, oh, I'm in Hollywood, I want to be in it. Oh, I'm a Hollywood actor, I want to be known for being in the Muppet movie. And it felt real um, desperate or something, so I'm glad they cut it out. So there is um, a little screen test on the way to the read-through and that one is the Muppets bring the Waka Waka to the routine camera test. It's, just, it's pretty short, it's funny. Um, Explaining Evil, the full Tex Richmond song. Tex Richmond busts out into a rap in his office, um, and it's a it's an absolute Brett McKenzie rap. It's yeah. it's pretty much a Flight of the Concords rap. It's I was quite miserable. I was really disappointed. In I that. thought it was quite funny. If but well, I, I wasn't didn't. I wasn't really enjoying the guy. You know, 
Chris Cooper. Not at all. I mean, I hate to... The best parts of the movie are fantastic. The memory, the fun, the joy, the innocence. But then those things just drug it down, man. I felt embarrassed a little bit for him. I felt like uh, it doesn't fit. It isn't funny. It isn't... It's snotty and kind of... I don't know. So the full... You get the full song. In the movie, it's kind of cut down. There's a couple more verses that you get to see there. Um, there's Lucky? the theatrical spoof trailers and what they did with this movie is over the course of a year like viral videos on the internet they made trailers for the Muppet movie that were like other movies that were coming out that year such as the Green Lantern Girl with a Dragon Tattoo they made the trailers in the style of right. those trailers some of them are good some of them are bad but I, I'm a mate there's one that they do where they don't introduce the Muppets into the trailer until right near the end. So it looks like a romantic comedy between Amy Adams and Jason Segel. And it's... You would think it was. Yep. I mean, editing is an amazing thing. You put the right music and you edit it together. And it was just pieces out of this movie that we saw. Yep. Nothing extra. And they made it look like a romantic comedy. And it's... in, In the movie, you couldn't even... It's it lets you know that there is a certain art to, to be, trailers. yeah, to be able to trim together. I mean, I hate trailers because they tell you too much, but that's a good example well, yeah, of how it can manipulate you to think a movie is something that it's totally. If you not. if you go to a trailer um, editor and say, "Here's my footage from my movie. It's the Muppets. Make that look like a horror movie to yeah. sell to a horror audience." <laughs> they could, and he does it. <laughs> yeah, that is a skill yeah. because you've only got a certain thing to work with, and you have to. Add the right music, change the tone of the whole thing. It's, it's. I think it's pretty clever. And that one where it looked like a romantic comedy. <laughs> if you cut them up, it's bit off the end and showed that to people. I think people would say, "Oh, a new, a new romantic comedy." I'm, I'm interested. A bad in seeing one, it. but a one. Yeah, but I mean, Amy Adams is in it, so I'd like to see it. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you see a bunch of those on here. There's an audio commentary with um, Jason Segel, James Bobin, the director, and Nicholas Stoller, who wrote the. Wrote it. He's like a writing partner with no. Jason. Um, and then there is also Disney Intermission. Now, this is a new thing we've not seen before. Mm-hmm. We didn't I think try it, it could more apply, than once, though. I think it could apply to any kids' movie, uh, Disney movie, for instance. They could make these kind of intermissions. Always different. Any but, movie. Yeah, but relevant. So, okay, so what happens is when it's time for a pee and you're halfway through the movie or whatever um, and you press the pause button. What happens? Normally or on this movie? On this movie, the intermission mode. I didn't watch it, remember? I went to pee. Okay, so an intermission mode pops up. Um, in this case, it's Muppet themed, so it's the Muppet curtains, the uh, the stage with the curtains closed. And then it goes into a... Uh, Hi, we see that you've pressed pause and they're all talking to you. And then you say, let's watch this making of movie. Right. And this making of movie starts. And it's not the extras that are on the DVD, it's something different. And then you went for a pee. You went upstairs for a pee, and I was carrying on watching. And then the film started burning, and they were like, "Oh, put the put the film out, put the film out." And then they said, "Oh, well, we can't watch that now. So what do we do next?" And then Fozzie comes on and sings a song, and then various stuff happens right. throughout. Get- you know, and it didn't loop itself, and and we had it paused for about five minutes. So there's there's stuff to watch there. It's like it's like a now you think if you paused again, it would know, and that would do something different. It seemed like there was several of them because like it played the first one and then it went black for a second and then something else started and I thought it's just going to loop but no it was a brand new one right and there was 
even they'd even gone to the trouble of it was the Muppet uh, scene with the curtains, and then Fozzie Bear came on and sang a song, and then nothing was on there for a while, and it just said intermission, and some music was playing, and then Kathy Griffin walked on, and she started going, "Oh, what, what's going on here? Right? Have you all gone for a pee or something?" And she's <laughs> like looking around as the nobody's right. there. So, really good idea, I think. Yeah, and kids good. would laugh their heads off at it. Because kids are the kid kind They'd of... be pausing all the time. Yeah, just to see that. So, yeah, I like that. I think it would apply to... You could do it for anything. You know, you're watching Tangled and you pause it. And there's, yeah, yeah. there's a... Even if it's just like some extra things that are happening in the Because chances are, when you're watching a movie with a kid, they you don't might. want to stop. No. Never, 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 never. They'll sit there and wet their own pants before they want you to stop it. But you might need to stop the movie. But you want them to sit there and... And then they'll be Be still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, kids will watch things over and over and over again. So oh, it's yes. not like this intermission. They'd watch it again. They'd watch it again. They'd watch it again. They'd have the favorite parts. So, yeah, interesting. I've never seen it done before. I really liked it. Um, and there's also a DVD version of the movie that has an extra that's not on the Blu-ray. Um, I didn't see it go ahead and put the DVD in. But the big deal here is you get the full-length original soundtrack for this movie. So if you do like the songs, you get all of them. There's a coupon in the box, you redeem it on DisneyRewards.com and they give you the download code and you can download them and listen to them on your computer, laptop, whatever. They're just MP3 files, um, which is nice because we went, we went and had a look and the the soundtrack to this movie on Amazon, if you want to download it, it's $8. So, um, And personally, this movie, if you love it or your kids love it, I'm sure they will want the songs too. Sure. Um and the full songs, not in the movie. They get they get truncated somewhat, so you get the full songs. So yeah, it's a real packed package. Um, in conclusion, I felt like a kid again. I, th- I think that's lovely. Yeah, and it's only because I have a connection to the Muppets. And if you feel like you don't, and you're you know around our age or a little bit younger, maybe watch it, and I think you might have a connection to it. Even if you forgot about it. Because that's what this movie's about. You might have forgot about if it. If you were allowed to have that, you know. Yeah. I mean, not every kid is allowed to just, in the 70s, right. to just sit in front of the TV and do it every Sunday. But but maybe was, you forgot about Kermit and his friends. And now, you know, you might feel it's irrelevant in your life as an adult who's serious and doesn't need this kind of thing. But I had two hours of joy from it. Oh my god, that's so sweet. I'm and that's, I think that's what it's for. You're making me want to cry. Oh. That's so sweet. That's truly sweet. And here, I, I mean, I didn't have the same, didn't have that impact on me. Although the the memory of it and then the sort of sweetness, but the, the negatives kind of creeped in too much for me. And I don't know if it's just, I don't know why. I just, you know why? Because I wanted it to be even more precious. And there were those things that just kept just distracting from it. If you cut him out, the bad guy, if you cut out Jason Segel and just had the Muppets doing skit after skit after skit, you can cut her out too, cut out everybody else who's a human and put in just a few famous people here and there as a, as a thing. I, I would be happy if the next Muppet movie were to be just in the Muppet studio and them doing some big, or even make it, they're making a movie. So that they're on the set and they're freaking out about the having to do their scenes and then they show you them making their scenes. You know what I mean? That kind was of thing. Was the Muppet where... movie about them making a movie? I think it might have oh, been the original it was. one. Maybe. Yeah. And then there's been a bunch of Muppet movies over the years, right? Muppets Christmas Castle. 
Christmas Carol, Muppets Take Manhattan. There's a pirate Muppets. There's a Muppets Wizard of Oz. That's for TV only, but I don't know what that was at all. That'd be kind of cool if I could. I don't know what that is either. Mm. But yeah, Muppets of, and I think that first Muppet movie was them making a movie off the back of the show. So that had like a, like this. Um, But yeah, I think this did it really well. It's sweet and it's also kind of. um, it's sugary sweet in the mm-hmm. best way. I, lo- I, I, I love some of the jokes like the um, where Amy Adams is singing at the window and yeah. there's rain and, and she's singing this really sad song but it, it's just a man spraying the window. With it. Yeah. You know, all yes. things like that. I really think it's clever. Like, and I, you know, I didn't see it come in and it's funny when, you, when it happens. There is a lot of moments like that in yeah. this movie. So yeah, that's The Muppets. It's available on Blu-ray from my friends at Disney. You can pick up a copy. I say do. If you're a Muppets fan, if you're... If you're not, go back, rent all the first, the original show, and then watch the and movie. And if, you, if, you, if you've got kids, they will love it regardless, I think. I don't think they need a connection with the Muppets. No, but you could build one. Get all the DVDs or them. watch... Is it on Netflix? I don't think Unfortunately, Disney started releasing the Muppet show on blue on DVD, uh, sorry, um, a couple of years, well, probably five years it's ago. It's been a long time. When we first moved here, so that's but they, And they, I think we got the first, I think it's two or three seasons, and then they stopped releasing them, like like there wasn't enough sales or something. I, I don't know what it was, but all of it isn't out there. So Maybe you, it will be now. So you can't own all of it yet. I don't know how many seasons there were. I don't were. know if the quality stayed through all the years, to be honest with you. No, but if you... It's you know what I mean? The quality of the shows. I don't know if you're going to go back right. and go as a company. Oh, yeah. This whole season is kind of... Uh, you know, maybe. It did start there putting was out writers, these season sets. So. There was like a Hollywood... Uh, what's it called? Strike at, during part of making them in the, eight, in the late 70s, early 80s. So that like really impacted it, apparently. So, you know... Maybe the first two or three are the best. Like, and they're real, the, the other thing is they're quite hard to get hold of, those sets that we have, because they're out of print now. Oh, right. So if you want to buy them, you have to um, get used and it's ones. it's not on Netflix or anything like that? Uh, it's possibly not, because it's mm. Disney, right? Um, but yeah, they maybe with the yeah how successful this was, they will make a new box set or whatever, or put them out on Blu-ray. I'm not sure what the plans are, but it's quite hard to find them. I was having a look, and they fetch high prices, those sets. Crazy. So, thanks to Disney. Next week's Blu-ray uh, review is Shame. It's about as far away from the Muppet Show <laughs> as you could possibly get. Uh, uh, the first NC-17 movie, I think, we have reviewed. All right. I don't think we've seen it. Don't one. tell me anything about it except that. That's all I know. Um, but, yeah, it's as far from the Muppet movie, so, you know. Uh, contest. I've got quite a few contests on com this week. You um, can win a copy of War Horse on Blu-ray. Which uh, was the movie review? You wonder why I keep closing my eyes because I got a hair poking in this one eyeball. So bear with me. You and you listening don't know. He's staring straight at me, probably wondering. But I have an eye. I mean, I have an eye poking in my eye. There's a hair or an eyelash or something, and I keep wanting like to make it tear up so it'll get rid of it. But so just keep talking. I'm just saying. Don't. I'm not winking at you. I'm I'm not being weird or falling asleep. I'm just trying to get the hair out. So you can win lots of. Uh, items on aceclear.com this week. You can win a copy of War Horse, which we reviewed last week uh, on Blu-ray. It's the combo pack, like the four-disc set. The one we mentioned last week, you can win a copy of that on Blu-ray. Mm. Go and uh, answer the question, aceclear.com. You'll find the contest page. You can also win Third Rock from the Sun, 
seasons three and four. You can also win Medal of Honor on Blu-ray, which is a documentary. And you can also win That 70s Show, season three and four on DVD. So lots of contests for you to go and enter. And where's the book? Oh, we're not doing that this week. Oh, right. i got to read it first. Look at it. <laughs> right. Coming so, up, you will be discussing. Yes, and I don't... I'm not prepared for that, so... No, just to give the name of it. Oh, I don't know. That's why I'm not prepared, because I haven't got it with me. How to make a movie. Is that what it's called? I think so. No, I think that's inaccurate. I think it's... <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to... All well, right. Coming up, we're going to be reading and discussing, not reviewing, a book about how to make a movie. Yes. I mean, an actual film and in Hollywood and how to get your movie seen and all that kind of stuff. We'll mention that when I've looked through it. We only got it yesterday, so I can't... Um, but someone might comment. be interested to know. It's coming up. So, um, yeah, next week's Blu-ray review, Shame. The new movie game... Yes. Which is called Movie Memory 123, and it is. There's no song yet, but no. Movie Memory 123 is... You, today, or any week, one of us will say, give me the names of three movies that have blah, blah, blah. And then I have to, on the fly, think of three movies that have the blah, blah, blah. And this week, you've come up with the question, or the, the theme of the thing. So go for it. Let's see if I see how my brain's working. Three movies with Chris Cooper. American Beauty. Correct. Didn't think of that one. And and the current one isn't relevant is uh, against the rules, right? So I can't say this one. Um, oh, he's a father, the kid, down and out. Don't know. And then there's one where he's an army guy, <laughs> like a. Okay, I don't know. I can't name them, but I actually wrote them down and I haven't got them. Oh my god! Come on. But you know, you know, I don't know them. I don't know the name. I can tell you one of them at least. Okay. Born. Born? Oh, yes. That's where I'm thinking of him as a. Yep, yep. Yeah. Not as a soldier, but he is a soldier in something. He's talking about the Born movies, B O U R N E. Yes. Like Jason Born. So Jason Born, The Muppets. American Beauty. Yeah, that that would be three. The Muppets was one of mine. Oh, right. It's been a lot of movies. There's one where he's a father, kind of like depressed, and he can't get. Something done for his kid. And I know there's one where he's a soldier or something oh, like that. Oh, that was... We reviewed it. That was... Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones was in it. Remember? Mm-hmm. Like about the Iraq... Uh, like yes. soldiers coming back from war. I can't remember. Oh, one. was he in that? Yeah, I think he was. You know what I mean? Which one I mean? Yes. I forget the name of it completely. <laughs> so yeah, there's, that's just interesting for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but yeah... That's that's how the the game will go. Okay. And you can go and look up Chris Cooper movies, and there's tons of them. He's in a lot of movies. Unfortunately, The Muppets is not his finest hour. No, unfortunately. Even the, even like he's making fun of it himself and all that kind it's of stuff. Not it's, still a bit. No. it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. It isn't evil enough. It isn't scary. It isn't anything. It's so not good. En- okay, I'm being I'm being protective of my Muppets. It's not good enough for the Muppets. And my other um, one, if I was going to ask you, another one was name a uh, five movie with, with puppets mm. in them. Okay, well, we'll get to recommendations. I'll have two of them. <laughs> Alright, go. Okay. The Labyrinth, The Dark Crystal, The Muppets, and all of the Muppet movies. Um, that's four. And the um, the place where monsters go. What's the name of that one? Where the wild things are. Yes, there were puppets in that one. 
And there were also puppets in Child's Play movies. Oh, God. Puppet Master movies. Right, right. Um, and this movie, movie recommendations for this week, the first movie recommendation for me is a movie recommendation with puppets that you should never show your children. <laughs> never show anybody who's not 21 or over. It's Meet the Feebles. Oh, right. Peter Jackson's puppet movie. I've never which seen Which a lot it. of people have not seen. Peter Jackson used to make really horrific horror movies before he became Mr. Lord of the Rings, Mr. King Kong. Um, he made a movie called Meet the Feebles, which I can only describe as the Muppet Show, because it actually is a vaudevillian Muppet, puppet show, and the whole movie stars puppets, not people. But a Behind gruesome, horrible... It's full of sex, violence, horror, um, decapitations, all that kind of stuff with puppets. Right, yeah. Puppets that spew blood. Okay. Uh, you should see it. It's really... Bad, but it's... It's from the mind of Peter Jackson, and a lot of people don't know what yeah. he used to used to do. Like, um, he was kind of crazy until he became Mr. And I'm sure there are lots of other movies that have puppets yeah. that we just... You don't even, you know, realize. I don't think the, the Muppets... And Meet the Feebles should really be mentioned in the same breath. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking of, is there a puppet show where it's... That's as dark as it gets for puppet shows. Uh, so yeah, I'm recommending that one. And the other one is Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which just, you know, because of Jason Segel and puppets. There's puppets in that movie too. There are. There are. And that's... His love of the right. Muppets was, was also that. instilled into that I totally that forgot about that. So it totally makes sense for the recommendation. And it's really funny. If you don't like him, and you, you maybe don't a little bit. I didn't dislike him in that. Right. But I disliked him in He's this. He's kind of sweet in that too, to be honest. But it was it was a better fit. Yeah. I didn't like the over... I felt like he was felt like he was under a lot of pressure. He wrote it. He's starring in it. He's got a big weight on his shoulder about... He's got a franchise. Well, no, he's got... I mean, this is a precious commodity that he's bringing out. And he has these moments where I think no one was willing to say to him, that looked really lame. Like, that didn't sound right. That didn't look right. That didn't... That was just... See, I think that was what they were going for with him. I don't think so. Not from my perspective. Very... 1950s no like I'm not even talking about that I know old school acting and I'm talking about he didn't do a good job that's why well, I personally think he did a very good job so Conflict you're blinded by the Muppet love <laughs> so your recommendations are my recommendations are The Dark Crystal and The Labyrinth as to Jim Henson Jim Henson Muppet movies I have not seen The Labyrinth except in little bits and pieces to be honest. Really? And The Dark Crystal I was in love with. And if I watched it now, I'm not sure if I would be. But I was just mesmerized by it. And then my other one is, obviously, The Muppets TV Show. Go back, watch the first couple seasons, just back back one after the other, and just soak it up. You know, like, turn off your grown-up brain. Don't watch it with a kid. Just watch it and think about it from that point of view don't think about like oh god that looks lame don't do that just watch it and let your mind go i think you'll enjoy it so that's recommendations for this week uh games and a scully stuff i finished a game last week by we only just finished it so i didn't talk about it and that was mass effect 3 it's a game we've been playing for a couple of months since it came out finally finished it um controversial ending everybody's been talking about it um the ending is uh well, let's say there's spoilers here. Mm. So, 
Is it that important? If if you haven't finished it, um, don't listen now. <laughs> so it's got everybody's talking about the ending, how controversial it was. So I had this preconceived. I hadn't had the ending spoiled for me in any way. I stayed away from spoilers. But I had this preconceived notion that I was going to hate the ending because of everybody else. But I do need to see it for myself to make my own mind up. Now, you did you see the ending? Mm-mm. You know what the ending is, though. You've told me, yeah. Yeah, so it's a weird ending. I have to say, think as it, as it was occurring when I was watching it, I was like, I get it. I get this ending. And I like, in my very nature, I like ambiguous kind of endings to movies. I know some people don't, but I like to be left thinking rather than it just all spelled out on a plate for me. I, that kind of is unsatisfying to me. You know, when somebody so you goes... you love the end of The Sopranos? Actually, yes. Yeah. And as soon as The Sopranos ended and everybody was up in arms, I turned to you and said, that is the best ending possible. Because <laughs> yeah. I said to you, it's edge of your seat tension... And you just fill it in, and fill then in the blank. you just yeah, and and we spoke about it. We sat there and discussed it. Yeah, that's I like that. I don't want to see exactly what happened and stick a bow around it and <laughs> feed it to my brain that way, which some movies are guilty of. You know, they go through this elaborate. And this isn't a movie we're talking about. We're talking about a video game, right? But it's a video game that you've spent fifty hours, ninety hours for all three games. Nine all three games. So this story... 90 hours of your life invested in the story, being the lead character and all that. It's a little bit different than a movie. So you've led up to this, like, you're invested, like, totally. Yes. That's why people get so protective of it. So not going into the in-depths of this game story, but what it leads you to at the end is the fate of everything mm-hmm. is on your shoulders. The universe. Yeah, everything is literally on your shoulders. And right at the very last minute of a 90-hour story... Remember, spoilers. If you don't want to hear this, turn it off. You're presented with a brand new character who's not ever entered, mentioned anything into the story. Ever. This new character appears. A ghostly apparition, you might say. And essentially lays out what's the ending for you in speech. What it reminds me of is when Neo meets the architect... Yeah. And the architect has this big long spiel that basically, if you're listening closely, tells you what's about to happen. It's it's kind of a I don't know. It, that's that's what it reminds me of. So they introduce this new character and this new character has this long spiel that if you're not listening and it's fast and it's there's a lot to it and it and then then he says, "You've got three choices. Make a choice." And you're like reeling by what he's been saying. You remember how you felt at the end of that Matrix movie where he delivered all that stuff to you and you went, okay, that was a lot of information. I'm kind of trying to soak it in. There's no way you could have got it the first time he said it. There's a lot of stuff to take in. And then you're kind of like still thinking about it while other stuff's happening. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's how it feels here. So So all this stuff's in your head. You're like, okay, okay. And then it's saying, make this choice. This way, there's three... Three areas, three ways you can go. Go this way, and you can kill yourself, commit suicide, the fate of everything will be reset to zero, 
and your DNA will inhabit everything in the world when the new With world. With no is explanation made. why you're important. Why you? No, no, yeah. no explanation. Or there's this other way which kills some things and doesn't kill other things, and this other way that kills some things and doesn't kill other things. So there's like these two ways, or this ultimate one way where you would reset. Like all this war and everything can stop. The world's reset to day one. It's like Adam and so like, Eve. Choose a side yeah. or choose a side or kill everything. Or kill everything. So I chose the kill everything uh, way because I thought that seemed to be the right way. Everybody, there was no solving this issue. So I, I, they portray this as you have to jump into this light that's not explained either. Really, I mean, it's, it is kind of explained, but it doesn't really make sense, unfortunately. No, um, I guess they didn't ever hint at any of this stuff up to this point so it's kind of a shock to the system right. where, where you suddenly go okay I have to process like 50 things that are new and then kill myself <laughs> weird so you kill yourself and then there's this ending where for someone this is the part I don't get earth is being ravaged by these reapers these big things that are going to basically consume earth and everything on it so you, throughout the series of this, throughout this game, have got, you've solved everybody on the planet. I, I mean, everybody in the universe, every different race who are all against each other. You've got them all to side with you and put all their squabbles apart. You know, just don't ever argue with each other again. All be friends. Let's go and end this Reaper thing, this menace. So what you've got, if you can picture it, you've got Earth being consumed by these big creatures called Reapers. And just outside of Earth's orbit, you've got every single race in the entire universe, all in their ships, their flotillas, their huge, massive, the size of world spaceships, all waiting at Earth. They're all stood, they're waiting in orbit. As soon as you give the command, they're going to go and wipe the Reapers out. You've spent this entire game getting this together, fixing all the universe's problems to get this to happen. And then you have to kill yourself. There's no option to let that happen. Which, to me, is what? I spent a whole game getting all this together. It's all sat there. You can see it out of the window. There's... I bet it's going to be downloadable content. Well, they say it never was, and it, it's not. So it doesn't even make sense, does it? No, it's it doesn't all. Make sense. I mean, that's what the game's about: getting all these things, solving all these problems, and getting to this point. So like you get through all the politics, getting through all. Yeah, the, making everything. people like each other again. You know, like, like finding a common ground, basically. Exactly. Even when, even when there isn't a common ground at all between some of these races, except there's no way kill the reapers. Except, except like end this reaper thing, because the reapers ain't just going to stop at Earth; they're going to go for everything. That's the idea of them. So you're all they're all assembled. It's the biggest, baddest space battle epic thing that could ever go down. And then, and then they <laughs> say to you, because I'm waiting to press the button to let them all fight. I want to see what my massive flotilla does to these Reapers. Does it take them down? Does it not take them down? Do the Reapers end it all? So they're all there. They're waiting. And then this child comes and gives you this big spiel and says these are your three choices the fourth choice which you would really love the one of all them out there that you've just told to go fight well that isn't even a choice so forget that that that's, doesn't happen so i jump in the thing kill myself now i kill everything 
So that flotilla, it all dies. Earth, it dies. Everything dies. It doesn't die, right? Everything just disappears. Everything blows up. Yeah. Yeah, it's the end of the end of this universe, completely the end of the universe. Um, they make it very clear mass effect mass effect relays do not work anymore either. Which we are, don't know what that is. Which are <laughs> mass effect relays are wormholes in space where you can go it makes space travel relevant. Right. Like, you don't need as much fuel. You can light jump from one place to another. So it means you can travel far in space. Well, those will be blown up too. So there's no space travel anymore because you wouldn't have enough fuel to go. There's no reason because you're blown up anyway. Right. So, inexplicably, that is the that is what's going to happen. It happens. You jump into the light. You see kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Planets explode. The whole thing, right? You see a map of the universe. You see it traveling. The big wave of death. And then, your ship, the Normandy, you see Joker, the, who's the uh, pilot, piloting it. He's running away from something. Look behind him, there's a big light. It's the thing coming to... He outruns it, lands on a planet. Now, first off, I don't understand why Joker was in the fight. He was waiting at Earth yeah. with everybody else. Why is he running away from something and... Why well, wouldn't because he be... it's blowing up. Yeah, but it, he's right there. Every Nobody else survives it. All of a sudden, he's there, running away, right? He wouldn't run away. He's not the type of runaway. Type. He's not, well, he would run away from complete destruction. No, he didn't have a chance. Nobody knew this was... Right. Shepard jumps into the thing. It happens. Nobody's given a warning about anything. There's no way he would have got away from it, first off, because nobody else did. Secondly, he is running away, and then he lands on this very beautiful planet that has not exploded. Uh, that's not explained either. They all, he gets out of the craft, he looks, he's with Edie, who's the ship's AI, who's like a robot lady. They both put their arms around each other and they look at the lovely view. And then the credits roll. And then um, Buzz Aldrin. Mm-hmm. Uh, real Buzz Aldrin starts speaking, and he's t- he's like a grandfather telling his niece or his uh, granddaughter, sorry, a story. And they're looking up at the stars, and she's telling a story about the shepherd, who is happens to be you. And the the granddaughter's saying, "Oh, was that real?" And he's like, "Yeah, there's lots of stories to tell. There's more stories to tell." And then it fades to black, and that's the end of the game. It's a bit of an odd ending. I was satisfied with it at the time. But then, when you get some distance between <laughs> you and it... Yeah. Because I don't want to go along with the bandwagon, but there are big gaping holes in there. First off, how Shepard acts is not how she normally acts in the game throughout the 90 hours. She kind of has a lapse of... Are these all the things everyone else says, though? Now you've jumped on those bandwagons? No, this is what I think. I know, but I mean, these are things I've heard from other people as well. Well, the, these, like... are, these are the things. Right. So... Firstly, she acts odd. Secondly, it's not explained to you why you should jump in one of the three things properly. He gives you this speech and then you stood there and you're like, okay, I understand, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, but why me? Like, well, what, what's... Yeah. What's my... What, you know, in The Matrix, you understand, like... I mean, it's explained to you. It's a similar... It's very like The Matrix story. Well, yeah. But a lot of, a lot of sci-fi stuff is, right? So, yeah, it's... It's an odd ending, and 
what's happened is there's been this big backlash, people saying we don't like the ending to this story, and Bioware and Make the Game have said, we're going to change the ending to the story in summer, and we're going to give it you all for free, because you're whining bastards. They didn't say that, but... <laughs> um, so they're going to change the ending, or not change it, but add more closure, they say. So in summer, there's going to be this extended cut of the ending, which has more closure. Now, I don't know what that means, if it's playable or if it's just another cutscene. It's going to be the same, though, because you've already experienced it for what it is. Yeah, it's not the same. Now, the only thing I question is, the ending as it is now on the disc, were they very happy with that, or did they always have an intention to to make... Always. To make... I I bet you, if I was a... I bet you a billion percent. They wanted to get people's backs up. Absolutely. But wouldn't that damage the franchise? Absolutely not. How much attention are you getting? And how many people are going to go, oh shit, Mass Effect 4, I've got to see what's going to happen on that. Because they blew up everything. I've got to see what happens. Of course. Now, you know, will there be a Mass Effect 4? Yes. Well, not a Shepard story, obviously, unless it's a prequel. But um, So yeah, that's the ending of Mass Effect 3. Um, Yeah, it's not the best ending ever. Because... it would be a good ending if more was explained. Right. And maybe this, what they're talking about, is the bits that are missing. That just some dialogue that explains, yeah, this is the reason why you, Shepard, has to do this. Even and then, though, you have played so long with this person. There's nothing special about her. There's nothing, well, you chose to be a woman, but... Well, there character. is something special about her. I don't want to spoil that. Oh, right. But, yes, there is. Between um, two and... Between one and two, something special happens. Um, she w- she okay. she was going to die, and something special happens. So there is something special about her, but it's not really relevant to this problem at the end. Hmm. So maybe it is, but they didn't explain it well enough, and maybe this new ending explains it better. Who knows? But anyway, regardless of the ending, it's a great game. I recommend the whole trilogy. <laughs> if you if you have the means to play it, you should play it. It's on PC. Even though you've just heard the ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? It's about the journey, actually, that game, more than... The ending might be disappointing, but the journey is exceptional, right? So the second game, in particular, is the masterpiece of, it, of the whole thing. Um, they did the second game perfectly. Even if you just play the second game. Because it does have a previously on Mass Effect thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe just don't even play the third game. That <laughs> second game is a masterpiece in its own right. So, yeah, that's Mass Effect 3. That's enough Mass Effect, I think. I'm done with it. So, next I've been playing this week is Trials HD Evolution. Which, actually, this week, uh, Major Nelson just said on Twitter, it's the biggest selling arcade game of all time. Um, this week, it broke records. So it's a little, it's a funny thing. It's a little known game from a few years ago called Trials HD that probably a lot of people didn't play because it was only a downloadable game. But the people who did play it love it. And that's a lot of people. So um, Trials HD Evolution is the evolution of that game. Trials 2, in it, well, it's not Trials 2, it's Trials HD Evolution, but it's a new version of that game. It's a motorcycle game where you do stunts. You have to get through courses without falling off your bike and in good times. So it's like a you compete against your friends, you get better times, you don't... Like, say I finish a course and fall off 20 times, and you finish a course and fall off 10 times, you win. I've got to try and do it, right. with, you know. 
best of all is you don't fall off at all and you do it in a really fast time and then you're at the top of the leaderboard. Right. That's how the game works. But this time they've added multiplayer, which is like four lanes and you race each other through these trials. So it's real-time racing, which was never in the old game. It was just beating times. But this time you can race each other. And thirdly, what makes this game, like, amazing is a track editor that allows you to make levels. <laughs> now... You're what, not a maker, but you love no, to I, appreciate... I love to appreciate what people have made. Because I know it takes a long time to make stuff. Um... So what it has is a track editor that lets you make tracks. Now, this game is so fun. Having an endless supply of tracks, which is what that essentially means, because yeah. people will be working on tracks all the time. Good and bad. Good and bad. And the fun part, what it essentially does is it turns trials into the 360s version of Little Big Planet. Even though it's, it does actually. What Little Big Planet was on the PS3 is really fun because you could download other people's levels. And that was what gave it longevity. You just, oh look, somebody's made an Uncharted level. Somebody's made a Star Wars level. Somebody's made a Pac-Man level. Right. And that was what was fun. You get, And that's what this is. You could turn it on once a week or more, and there'll be a hundred new tracks for you to play. They're free of charge. You never have to pay. It's pretty much an endless game if you like the core gameplay of it. Right. I'm not a motorcycle riding fan, but... Um, if you showed me a yellow brick road in an Emerald City in the distance and you had to ride your bike through some sort of... I'm sure somebody will make one. <laughs> well, as you saw last night, I was playing a Super Meat Boy yeah. um, level that looks just like the game Super Meat Boy. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And it, I played a level last night that wasn't even a motorcycle level at all. It was a football, fussball table. But you had to ride the motorcycle. No, there was no motorcycle. Oh, there was a right. ball and fussball... I was like, mind boggled. Like, how did they make that from a motorcycle game editor? And you could win yes. or lose? Yeah, it even had a scoring system. Wow. Somebody made a Marble Madness level where you were not a motorcycle. You were a marble with full working physics. You had to get it down to the bottom of the course. Right. So wow. people have worked around the idea of, well, I can make a motorcycle track. They're making That's other things. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So that's what I was interested in if you so it's trials hd evolution it's 15 dollars on xbox live marketplace which is one of the highest priced xbox games on the marketplace but it's well worth your money i think i've played nothing but it since i got it um and finally for me um i found a good bargain if you own a ps vita like i told you about the other week i bought a ps vita and i was looking for a case to put it in I had it in a Nintendo case for the um, longest time. like, But it wasn't a protective case. It was more just a um, cloth bag, yeah. basically. So I was looking for something to protect it when I take it out of the house. And um, I looked on Amazon.com and they've got Sony cases that cost 20 bucks. And they've got Louis Vuitton Vita cases that cost 150 bucks. So it, I, it was looking to me like I would have to pay 20 bucks for a case. That was pretty much... Isn't it, wouldn't it wouldn't be considered tacky to buy Louis Vuitton from Amazon.com? I don't know. I you mean, can. you know what I'm saying? Hmm. Isn't the idea of it to be snotty and anybody can just go to Amazon.com? It's not like Louis Vuitton's at Walmart, but Louis Vuitton at Amazon.com seems very... Know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it doesn't seem very posh. Plus, there's so many fake Louis Vuitton things. Yeah. Who knows if it's even real, what you buy. So anyway, I thought I'd have to pay $20 for a Vita case. Um, and then somebody on NeoGAF pointed me to this 
listing on Amazon. Well, an actual shut product. It's still on there. 79 cents, a Vita case. Now, I thought to myself, for 79 cents, that's going to be garbage, right? What do you think? All cases cost $20 at least, and there's one for 79 cents. It's probably just going to be a plastic bag when I get it in the mail. What is it like? You've seen it. You love it. It's a hard case. It's exactly the case I wanted. And it came with a rubbery cover thing. In it addition. It came with a skin. So is this some kind of horrible sweatshop, kind of made in a horrific conditions kind of a thing, and that's why it's 79 cents? I've, I have actually no idea why it's 79 cents. <laughs> but if you go on Amazon.com and you own a Vita, type Vita case into the um, search box at the top. It's about the fourth one down. It's 79 cents. I think it's two ninety nine shipping. So it's not even $5 in total. Right. It's the awesome. It's one of the best. It's, I wanted that case. <laughs> and the Sony one that's $20 isn't made out of the hard material. It's more of like a what a windbreaker jacket is made out of. So it's hmm. soft and you just push it inside. Hmm. Um, it's waterproof and it's kind of got a zip on it. Well, this one's actually hard. It would, I think it would survive a drop. Plus it's got a Velcro strap on the inside that keeps your Vita in. So... And it's got a little pocket for your games. And and a little pocket for your cleaning cloth. And if you're extra careful, you can fit your USB cable in the top as well. Sounds um, like value for money. I can't believe it. I thought it was a hoax. I thought I was going to get some crappy piece of crap. There is a, a downside to this case. And the downside is it's got a really weird smell. <laughs> but it doesn't smell at all anymore. But for the first few days, it had this weird rubbery smell that smelled to me like cigarettes. Gross. It was awful, but it doesn't smell like that anymore after it's been out a few times. So, I don't know. That's the only downside I can see. But it's pretty cheap. And if you've got a Vita, if you've got a PSP even, it fits the PSP too. Right, yeah, yeah. So, that's my stuff for this week. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight we'll be having corn, Q-U-O-R-N, patties that are... Garlic herb, and herb. Garlic and herb flavored. And in addition, I'll be making some pasta with some creamy tomato sauce, some vegetables, some roasted peppers that I'm, I can smell right now. I put them really super low. And I can oh. smell them roasting. And uh, probably broccoli, cauliflower, and peas is what I... You know, I put that in the pot together and then it was really good. It was really good. Peas with the broccoli. In fact, you, you said to me early in the day, what vegetable do you want with your meal? <laughs> and I said... You said, do you want broccoli and cauliflower? And I said, yeah, I love broccoli and cauliflower, but I like peas. And you went, I think I can arrange that. So we had all three <laughs> exactly. of them. And it was good. You never, you know, ugh, I've been mixing corn and peas together. It's fantastic. Corn and peas really works well. Yeah. Carrots and peas works well. I mean, those are common. That's common, yeah. but not broccoli, cauliflower, and peas. No. No, Snow I don't. peas, baby, but these are just frozen peas. No, I don't peas. think I've ever had it, but it works perfectly. And uh, that's it. Whatever the cookies were that we got. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. strawberry Oreos or berry flavored Oreos. Ice cream, berry ice cream flavored Oreos. They're very, very sweet. You feel like you need to brush your teeth. Excessively sweet, but oh my god, that first hint of the middle part is totally like berry flavored ice cream. I, I don't know where the ice. It does taste like ice cream, and I, I, I was thinking it just tastes like berry cream, but no, it no. tastes like ice cream. Well, I don't think they try to make things taste like that. It's just that in the laboratory where this is made. They're doing all these flavors. They're saying, what does that taste like to you? And somebody says, smells and tastes like ice cream. They don't intend right. for it to. That's why I think. And then uh, my advice uh, for life, 
this week and for all of your life, everyone does not, not, all in capital letters, need to like you. It's not your responsibility or your job. It doesn't make you precious or sweet or wonderful or a wonderful human being. It doesn't make you special. It doesn't make anything good about you that you try desperately to get people to like you. What about if you try desperately to get people not to like you? Is that all right? I don't know that everyone <laughs> has to try very hard. That just happens for a lot of people. Yeah, I think so. But I'm just saying, I watch people who do all these mannerisms and things I was discussing with you that won't point out any of it at all. But there's this sort of like built-in subconscious trickery that a lot of people do to endear people to them. Mm. Gestures that they make, voices that they use, mannerisms that they do, putting themselves out there, volunteering for everything, never saying no to anything, constantly apologizing for every fucking thing they do. Someone could be standing 10 feet away from you in a grocery store. Their cart is not in your way. They're completely out of your radar. And I hear the word, oh, sorry, sorry. And I'm like, what, what? Well, they're sorry, why? Because you're not in my bloody way? Like, you think, you want me to acknowledge you for being a wonderful human being, for telling me 10 feet away that you're, you're sorry that you might possibly be in my way? I think it's ridiculous, this sort of need people have. In my life, there's a very small handful of individuals who like me, even fewer people who love me for what I am and who I am and how I am, I am fine with that. I don't try. I don't anything. I'm not here to... I'm not a salesman, right? I'm not here to... If I go to the grocery store and the clerk thinks I'm an asshole because I say the wrong thing or tell her to please not put my vegetables in the bag, and I'm not unfriendly, but you get the vibe. The person gives you that little look. Couldn't care any less. Like, I don't care. I don't apologize. I don't... Try to be, like, extra friendly all of a sudden. I don't worry the next time I go to the store that she's thinking that about me. I mean, I ha these are examples of things I've heard people say. Oh, I don't want to upset that waiter because I don't want him not to like me. Right, but he brought you the wrong food. Well, that's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want him, I don't want to come in here another time and have him think, oh, what a bitch. I, I, I don't want that. Well, I don't get it. I would never think about that. Yeah, I don't get it. Like... Maybe I'm just a bitch because there's just so few people that I give a shit about their opinion of me that I don't even feel like I work hard at that. They're important to me, including you. But then I'm... I oh, don't thanks. Even, I don't even try, though, with you. I'm not going to... There are things you do in a marriage and in a relationship where you try not to step on the toes and you know there are buttons to push you don't want to push. But even then, I'm not that oh, protective of you because... Well, damn you, you should be. Yeah, but it's not my job. Like, I can't imagine filling your mind with that all the time. And if there's anyone listening to this who tries, not me, like, as a special person, but if you encounter me and you have any urge to try to make me like you or appreciate you or not think badly of you, just give up because it's going to be what it is. I will make, I will form my opinion, <laughs> and the harder you try, of the less I'm going to like you. So I guess, you know, so that's my advice. Everyone doesn't need to like you. All right, so thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about the website, sayscully.com, sidsar.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, 
Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe away, listen on the page, whatever you want to do. Email feedback to aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Remember to enter one of our contests. We've got four running at the moment. Uh, you can definitely win something. You don't have to email me because if you're trying to get me to like you, it's not going to work. And Facebook is to Facebook what Muppets are to Muppets. That's yes. what in the movie. The Muppets. They had the Muppets, which are like uh, the sort of copyrighted the lo- on the, the fringe. version <laughs> yeah. of the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, the Chinese knockoff version of the Muppets, like the Louis Vuitton bag. They weren't Chinese. No, I'm just saying, like, the Louis Vuitton fake Oh, I think of them just as, like, uh, you know, now you can get, like, Kiss, but the fake people, you know, this, that, like, I think. So, uh, yeah, enter our contest. There's four um, things to win there. Uh, You're in for a shot. Just go in and answer the simple questions. (laughs) Um, And stay classy. Mr. Mr. Muppets. All the Muppets. (laughs) Mr. Muppets. All the Muppets. And I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, somebody's doing it for you. Manana, <laughs> <laughs> 